Brady and I'm Josh and this is we could have been doctors the name of our podcast because with the amount of time that we've watched the Pittsburgh Steelers we could have been doctors but instead we decided to make a podcast for you all I can't remember the last time I had a bad falafel I could tell you that I do remember that the Steelers third down conversion rate this year has already been 42 percent I can't remember the last time I had a good falafel, but I can tell you that this is a historically bad performance from Ben Roethlisberger, all the way dating back to his rookie season. You mean when he went 15-1? and one? We'll, get, we'll touch on it more a little bit later. That's me being the optimist. Josh, hit, a, hit us with some pessimism to, to start off the podcast. Well, if you want to get depressed, here's our first half performance Punt, punt, fumble, punt, fumble, interception, punt, punt. This is the first time since Ben's rookie season that the uh, that a Pittsburgh Steelers team led by Ben Roethlisberger has had four consecutive games where they score less than 20 points. Do you think that that's bad? I think that in the National Football League, to win a game, you need to score points. And traditionally, you need to score more than your opponent to win in in most games. And it's weird because even even that last game, and it wasn't great. In fact, it was bad. We still lost by 10 points. Our defense is still playing tough. TJ Watt, I mean, he should be in consideration still for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I'm sure you want to talk about that. What, what I see a lot is, and we have an exchange of guys, you know, Spillane has been out. He's eligible to return this week. Vince Williams might also come back this week. That could prove like very big um, for us. But I saw a few times that there were, there were spills that we did. Um, and, you know, Josh, I don't know if you know what a spill is or if our listeners know what a spill is, but it's when like the well, edge. How about you, you tell us? Just, you know, I assume that I know. I know what a spill is, listeners. Brady's going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I was in the middle of explaining, and then you cut me off. But uh, a spill is when the edge defender, it, he, like, dives inside of a kickout block. So when you have a guard kicking out or a tackle kicking out, so you have the edge defender dive inside of the kickout block while another defender pops outside of it. Uh, it's done on the fly. It's usually against power runs and it's a way to screw up, you know, blocking assignments and force the ball carrier into the now unblocked outside defender. So even with this, you know, s- circling in and exchanging of middle linebackers and, and what have you, middle rushers, TJ Watt is still getting his because there's a lot of unselfish play going on with these fill-in guys. So that that is just a positive thing that I see happening. Yeah, I mean, our defense is thin. There's a lot of guys playing in positions that really they don't normally play in. I believe they said it on broadcast last night, but we moved, I think, his Allen from a safety position to to linebacker, and he got injured on that one play where uh, it looked like he kind of hit Finley, had, had like a neck thing or a shoulder thing. I'm not really sure what it was. So um, as as far as the defense goes, yes, we gave up 27 points. Were all of those points on the defense? No, Ben also turned the ball over in the red zone a couple of times, gave them amazing field position. As far as our defense goes, we they drove down to the red zone on that one drive, and they could not get the ball into the end zone. They had I'd to like settle. to see. 
I'd like to see what the Bengals average starting field position was that game because we had a few turnovers on our side of the field. Their average, their average starting position had to be very nice. So I'm saying to give up only 27 points. I mean, even at the end of the game, Ben turned it over on downs and we were on our own 30 yard line or something like that. So uh, I think, you know, we just need to start moving the ball, uh, moving the ball more and that dink and dunk way of passing might've, defenses might have caught on to it yeah i mean if you look at even just like the 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 total yards and the total time of possession it was very even throughout the entire game actually we had 244 total yards cincinnati had 230 total yards of offense so uh that just goes to show you they started on our side of the 50 more often than not with their possessions, we put up more offensive numbers than they did, which is honestly shocking to see given that we lost by 10 points. Right. Is it going to be me or you that brings up uh, Juju first? Because I think it's actually me because I just did, but would you like to make the first critique or compliment of him? In the words of Joe Hayden, Juju dancing on the logo has nothing to do with the loss going on with this team. In the words of Joshua, Juju dancing on that logo is the reason why we have lost three games in a row. Okay, so you're more pessimistic than an actual player on the Steelers. How about you make some catches, pal, not have negative yards at the end of the game, maybe catch a touchdown, and let's, uh, let's, let's, let's get a W. Then you can start dancing in the end zone. Save it for that. Well, it's funny that you say that. I really do think, I think it's Ben's arm. I don't think it's Juju because over the last five games – over the last five games, um, for receivers that have a minimum of like 25 catches, which Juju has 28 over the last five games, he has the fewest yards, and it's by about 30 yards. So he has broken the NFL record um, of a five-game stretch with the least amount of yards with 25 receptions. He only has 154 yards on 28 receptions over the last five games. I don't think that you can – that means Juju is getting open enough for target, uh, but Ben – can't deliver these big balls and put them in situations for some yards after catch. I, I really, I don't know how much you can continue to put on Juju for that. It's not even on Juju. It, it Yes, on Ben, 100%. I agree with you ten, tenfold. It is Ben's fault. The arm's not there. The decision-making's not there. He's not seeing the field. That one play where he threw a lollipop and the linebacker literally just jumped up, snagged it out of the air. There was no zip on the ball. There was nothing. There was no chance any Steelers receiver was going to get that ball. But that being said, we're not using Juju the way that we should. He's he's not running routes to his fullest potential. We have him. We have him running a lot of these um, inside digs. I think I I think the, they're the, play, the play where he fumbled it. The play where he got lit up on said logo that he danced on 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 third and seven, where there was a zero percent chance that route was getting a first down. It's John Madden who said, "If you're gonna go for the." first down you're never gonna get it you know throwing that much shorter than the first down so i don't i don't get the strategy there he caught the ball on if not behind the line of scrimmage got blown up got reviewed it was a fumble whatever that's not the problem the problem was that ben decided this is the route i'm gonna throw to where um even the announcers saw this i saw it too in the replay chase claypool was wide open down the seam wide wide open ben didn't even look at him 
he didn't even think he didn't even pump fake he just saw juju kind of open not really juju was double covered and then he got lit up but like ben he's not seeing the defense and he's definitely not seeing the defense the way randy is calling this offense you can't be making the throws that ben makes in the offense that randy has going right now uh, going going into this week and i think it's important to to mention and this this can rattle a quarterback but going into this week uh over the last five weeks you know, Ben Ben had had seen an increasing amount of drops. And before going into this week, and I need to check what it is now, but 7.1, you know, basically 7% of his passes leads to drops. That can really shake uh, a quarterback's confidence. And, you know, some of those passes that we need Ben to make are over the middle. You know, that one to the linebacker, he could be hesitant and he's floating ducks. You know, it could be a physical thing, but I don't know. After you see almost 10% of your passes fall to the ground, you know, that were catchable, that, that, that it's a whole percentage point higher than any other quarterback And that, that quarterback would be Matthew Stafford. So think about it being a Pittsburgh Steeler and being having passes that are more dropped than someone who plays for the Detroit lions. It's sad, but it does bring up two, I would call them silver linings that came from that game. First off, there weren't any drop passes and second off, it seemed like Deontay Johnson was back to not his full form, but he was at least out there and he was making a difference and he looked confident and he was, you know, he was getting a little chippy. Like you could tell that the Bengals uh, secondary was getting on him about his drops and everything. And, and, and he looked like he had that, that toughness, that Pittsburgh grit that you want to see in a wide receiver. So I, I think at, at this point, we may, I'm not going to say we're past the drops, but we didn't have any, which is good. Um, so now it's just, can Ben get the ball where it needs to go? And can he read the defense and see the field and not just look for Juju as a safety blanket? And, you know, it, it's going to be, can we get the decision-making in check, which is, that's a tough question to ask with two games left in the season. And we have a playoff run ahead of us, no matter what happens these last two games, 11 and five, 11, 12 and three, 13, whatever, who cares? I would say, you know, Ben being one of 13 on throws that were 10 or more yards past line of scrimmage, that is, like I said, it's just, I, I think the jury's still out if it's a physical or a mental thing. Um, somehow I feel playing at home against the Colts, maybe there's some rejuvenation there. You know, that, that is a top tier defense. There were a lot of great players to Forrest Buckner, um, Darius Leonard. There's a lot of good guys to go up against. And um, my hope is that maybe there's some rejuvenation. Maybe this was a nice kick in the ass and we're, we're able to come back strong. Sorry to your parents for saying ass on the podcast. Yeah, it's fine. Um, one of the things that I do want to say is that uh, we've toted this defense up and said, you know, oh, they, they did amazing. But I do want to point out some things that a better team would expose more than the Bengals did against this defense. Um, so there was multiple times in that third, fourth quarter push where the Bengals ran that read option where Finley either keeps it, gives it off. It's like the little play action read option thing where he runs off tackle. Um, and they ran it four to five times in a row. And no one, no one picked up Finley. No one stopped him. And that's when they, that was the drive where he got that big gash run, scored a touchdown. Not, not until, you know, we had already seen that five times did Minka finally make that big play, you know, a little bit too late at that point. 
But uh, things like that where the defense is just a little bit too slow to adjust, a little bit just behind the eight ball, like they've seen the same play. They're running it at you four or five times in a row and you do not do anything different. That's that's an issue against a better, well-coached team. And the Bengals, they're not a bad team. They're coached well. It's just uh, we got to adjust faster. I am tired of hearing that. They are not coached well. This We, we were playing with schmucks up in the middle. You know, the, uh, what I'm trying to say is when we get Spillane back, when we get Williams back, I mean, the key to stopping the read option and watching that quarterback as he gashes us up the middle, uh, like Finley did for that 17-yard touchdown, you need smart experienced players in the middle Splane, maybe not that much experience but he's played smart and vince williams is obviously i think he's a very integral role on that defense so and all of those runs that got them yards were towards high smith's side of the field i'm not saying it's his fault but he's a rookie i'm saying if bud was there there's a chance bud's a smart guy he's probably not going full bull rush every single play he's probably dropping back and getting ready to light finley up and that changes the dynamic a lot when you have an experienced edge rusher over high smith who they probably just said turn loose kid get to the quarterback and he is a better pass rusher so far this year and the problem is is as the offense is struggling and even though the offense kind of hit a rhythm there in that second half, I, I mean, I don't know about you. It seemed a, a bit more cohesive. Um, and that's, points. And then all of a sudden it just fell apart, but we can talk about that. Maybe like that, that final drive where we had the, that last in the last three games. And this includes Neil downs, you know, in the last, in the last Five minutes of the fourth quarter, this has been the total stat line for the Steelers. Nine plays, 22 yards, one first down, one turnover. That doesn't win you football games. You can't amass- win football games. Across those drives, it has amassed a total of 50 seconds, right? So part of that is, I think it's a dual effort. It's the fact that the defense, our defense is just on the field so often that it get, they, get, they get gashed, and that's exactly when you can run the ball. You have a 17-yard run from a third-string quarterback because the defense is tired, not because good coaching on the Bengals or what have you. Um, I, so that is, that's going to be the key is keeping our defense fresh and the offense has to be able to stay on the field and then transversely when that happens the defense of the opposing team is very fresh for that final drive so that the for the key moments we're not we are tired and their defense is ready to go um so those those are the things that we have to kind of keep in track you know we've always talked about key parts of the game and it just seems like we're not prepared when those times come And just to bookend that fourth quarter stat amongst these games, the Steelers have scored six points or that fourth quarter stat here. I'm going to give you one from the first quarter. The Steelers have scored six points in the first quarter in their last five games. All six of those points come from the defense. Boswell missed the extra point. So our offense and our special teams. That is a a whopper of a depressing stat. That is that that that's 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 not good. That's an impossible whopper. That is an impossible whopper. You could you could slap that on, charge five ninety nine for it. That's how bad that stat is. <laughs> I'd rather take the little Caesars for five dollars, Josh. I can't can't miss out on that Chicago deep dish style. You know? <laughs> it's Detroit, you idiot. Yeah, whatever. I don't like the Lions. I'm not saying Detroit. 
hey man is this is this the shit on the lions podcast because that's i think that's two disses to the, to the this lions. is the i blame evan foxy from pat mcafee show ever since he became a steelers fan we are zero and three thanks a lot guy i think the problem is and i think the reason that we're shitting on the lions is because they're a cat team and we're mad at a different cat team i think we're projecting but speaking of because the Bengals are who we're actually mad of we actually have a guest on for this show. This is exciting. Uh, we've never done this, so we're just trying it out. It could be a miserable, terrible failure, uh, but it's worth a shot. Uh, we, I think the, the way we're going to set it up is we're first going to voir dire the witness, if you will, which is we test her or his, um, their expertise on the Bengals. And then we uh, kind of get into a few questions, a few thoughts and things that they have and kind of just bounce it off and see if Josh, if we can extend this relationship to more people, because as much as I love you, I think it's better if people get to share us, buddy. I, I think that's good. And, and I think leading into the offseason and the playoffs, it'll be nice to get some fresh voices on the pod and take it from there. We were supposed to have two guests on. One was someone very deeply connected with the Bengals organization. Um, was super excited to have uh, him or her on. And... Josh, we got, we're already getting into legal problems with this podcast. We they, got hosed by the Bengals PR department. Yeah, because they got to protect, protect that trademark that the Bengals have. Um, as I say, the, the tears of Cincinnati Bengals fans is the third largest water source uh, in Ohio um, after the Ohio River and Lake Erie. Um, so that's fine. Um, but the other person is uh, someone we went to college with, and uh, we're we're ready to introduce her here in just a second. I love the false enthusiasm. Uh, my name's Sydney. Like Brady said, I went to college with both of these guys, and they are some of my dearest friends. I'm far more educated on sports than I am, so I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, that is a good transition, actually, because we have you on because you are acting as our Bengals representative. Um, which leads us to ask, how long have you been a Bengals fan? Um, I've been a proud fan for the past three months. Been a really good relationship, probably the longest one I've ever held. Uh, if you could pick one Bengals player that's your favorite, who would that be? Shrek. That's an acceptable answer. Um, wait, no, wait, who's Shrek? He is a player on the Bengals, but his last name's Shrek. And I like that. Josh, is that real? Not sure. I was hoping she was going to pick their tight end sample because I thought the entire game that the broadcasting crew messed it up and they just had sample as someone's last name until I saw <laughs> him on the field. You know what? It's weird. I think he, he's going to be one of the best tight ends in the league if you look at his sample size. Ah. All right. Having fun today. You guys can't see it, but they're silently laughing a ton. Very much. So, Sydney, uh, do you want to explain to us why we lost so badly last night? Spare us no detail for why the Steelers lost to the Bengals last night. But know that hurt people hurt people. So the more you hurt us, the more we come back with flaming hot Cheetos against you. Well, I really wasn't expecting you all to win last night, especially since our third-string quarterback was carrying the team. Uh, so, honestly, I was pretty surprised there. Um, I think the rest of the Bengals fandom were as well, uh, because that's that's not a habit that uh, the Bengals have formed as playing well or winning games. It was it was exciting and surprising all around. 
Yeah, I uh, you could tell when the Steelers lost because everyone's posting it on their stories. Um, so that's been fun having a bunch of Kentucky and Ohio people post to our story that we've lost. I think one of the best things about the game was getting to see all the creative signs in the stands. Um, I think my favorite one was all I want for Christmas is a win against Pittsburgh and they got it. So I'm glad that that family has a nice Christmas. The question, Sydney, is how long do you think that this will keep that miserable like fandom like happy for? Like, do you think that this will last them through the off season? Like while we're in the playoffs guaranteed? I would say, yeah. Uh, Bengals fans don't expect much from the team at all. And, um, it'll be enough to carry us through these next few months because a win only comes every once a season um, for the Bengals. So I would say this is a pretty high, pretty good high to ride for the rest of the next five years. That's, that's what I would give it. Speaking of the season, what do you think of your game next week against the Houston Texans coming up? How do you think you're going to do that? Um, I think nothing of it, actually. But... If we just beat the Steelers, you know, that's good. Uh, against Houston, maybe good game. We will see. I bet she doesn't even know when the Bengals were established. Actually, Brady, I would love to inform you that the Bengals secured their franchise in 1967 and played in their first season in 1968. Is that also the last year that they beat the Steelers in before this last game? Uh, I think the last question would be is, you know, you're new to this, you know, you're hopefully enjoying it, the sport. Do you think if it was something you had to watch on your own, you know, and you watched a game like last night, is it something that you would enjoy or do you think you enjoy it because of the other people watching? You know, like I'm, I'm enjoying this season a ton more because I get to talk about it with Josh. So I found my affinity for the Bengals um, solely through watching it with a very good friend of mine um, and sharing in her disappointment every Sunday. So that was a fun tradition we established. Um, I've had a crash course in football over the past six months, not six months, four months. I, it hasn't been successful. I didn't take the best notes. I once called a pick six um, a $5 baggy baggy um, instead of a pick <laughs> six. So I'm learning. Um, the learning curve is steep, but if I had to watch the Bengals by myself, I think that would just further compound my clinical depression. Um, so no, I don't think that's an activity I would engage in. But I commend the people that do. They are they have a resiliency like no other. Right, she summed up our whole podcast right there, didn't she? She also summed up our last three games. Clinical depression. That was it right there. I'm a sad Bengals fan. You get to be happy for one week. And it'll last me through to the next season. It's kind of poetic, Josh, huh? You can't write a better comeback story than what's about to happen when we win the Super Bowl. And this is potentially, I got two good notes to go out on. One, there's only been one other team in NFL history to start 11-0 and and win three games and lose three games uh, after that point. And that was the Saints- when they won the Super Bowl, no one has won lost four games or five games for that matter. So hopefully we don't create that uh, part in history. But I also want to say this, and this is to Sydney and the whole fan base, that it'll be tough to win a playoff game if we play the way that we did last night. 
but it is impossible to win a playoff game if you don't make the playoffs. And thank the Lord, we will be there. Um, so that's that's my silver lining, Josh. That's a pretty decent silver lining. I, I'd say my, my silver lining is that win or lose, we at least get to look forward to watching another Juju TikTok on some team's logo. Clock! 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 all right guys we really appreciate you listening um uh this has been sydney an amateur bingles fan professional mission shrek enthusiast and part-time botanist this has been josh drearily hopeful steelers fan this has been brady and uh i could have been a doctor me and josh could have been doctors and uh instead we decided to make this podcast for all of you thanks Can't promise next week won't be depressing, but I can promise we'll bring the same plucky attitude. Plucky. You want plucky? Yeah, we're ending on plucky. Subscribe. Follow us on all social medias. (laughs) 